In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Bedtime is a battleground in my home. Apparently, both of our children feel cheated by having to go to bed, and thus they do whatever they can to avoid it. Please, just one more story, just one more kiss, just one more commercial. But of course, when you give them one more, it never ever is enough. I confess this drives me crazy, and it leads me to losing my temper. But I'm not done with my confession. The great challenge of kids is usually that what drives parents most crazy about them is often a problem for us, which we'd rather not look at. The truth is that it's not just my kids who have a problem with sleep, it's also me. My plan is always to get to bed on time, but then, much like my kids, just one more YouTube video, just one more snack, one more look at my emails, and before I know it, it's midnight. This then makes me anxious about getting to sleep, which makes it worse. And I know that I share these problems with many others these days. The digital age, right, has made work and entertainment and communication possible from anywhere at any time, and so the boundaries are now blurred between on-time and off-time, production and rest, day and night. Now, our avoidance of sleep is not rational, of course, because we know we need it. There's study after study which tells us that lack of sleep correlates with a broad range of health risks, from heart disease to diabetes to depression. And yet, the Centers for Disease Control says that at least one in three adults regularly get less than seven hours of sleep. Now, like all addictive and compulsive behavior, it's hard to get better by willpower alone. We need a more powerful cure, and thankfully, our Armenian Christian tradition can help us here, because we take lack of sleep and rest extremely seriously. It's not a spiritual misdemeanor, if you will. It's a violation of God's fourth commandment, given for our health and for our peace. We take other commandments very seriously, right? Our entire society seems to be built off of, the legal framework is built off of God's commandments not to lie, not to steal, and not to kill. Yet the fourth commandment for Sabbath rest is higher on the list and much less obeyed. So could it be that so many of modern society's ills, depression and anxiety and illness and addiction, could be managed or even cured by faithfulness to Sabbath rest? I think so. And I think that our church disciplines us in Sabbath rest by its very calendar our sacred calendar, which is rooted in God's rhythms of creation. Before we get to the cure, though, let's take one deeper look at the spiritual roots of our struggle with sleep and rest. We fight and avoid sleep not to drive our parents crazy and not to make ourselves sick. We fight sleep because it reminds us of our helplessness and our limitations. Asleep, we have nothing to commend us, Nothing to put on our resume. Everything we didn't get done yesterday, what could be done today or tomorrow, 
all must be relinquished. Sleep requires that we surrender our accomplishments, our control, to that which is unknowable and beyond our reach. Because sleep is such a surrender, we often have a hard time giving over to it, embracing it. We stay up late, we stare at screens, working, snacking, with our light bulbs buzzing softly in the night. We resist our body limits in every way we can, yet both physically and spiritually, we have to learn to let go in order to grow. Our church calendar teaches us how to let go and grow. Our services of the hours prepares us for daily rest. Our days of abstinence in the week, Wednesday and Friday, make this weekly Sabbath rest. The great fasts of our church, Advent and Easter, uh, Lent, excuse me, reminds us that we are not machines and that to live most fully, we have to regularly surrender control to our Creator. Today we come to the end of the great fast of Advent. Not coincidentally, Advent begins in mid-November and it ends today when the hours of daylight wane shortest and the hours of night grow longest. And Advent also ends our, as the old year ends. So our sacred calendar, it echoes these rhythms of God's creation and it reminds us that all good beginnings of a new year come from good endings of the old one. To be ready for the new year, for the new day, for a new life requires that we surrender the last one to God in the stillness of Sabbath rest. Nature produces its fruits all year and ends in winter darkness and rest. We produce the fruits of our labor all year and now it's time for our surrender to God and Sabbath rest. To thank God, of course, for all that was, to surrender all that wasn't, and to make room for his surprising grace in the new year ahead. So as the day winds down and the year comes to a close, let's not curse the darkness or fight off rest. The heart of our ancient Advent and Christmas traditions remind us that darkness is actually not something you flee, but something you embrace, something you even decorate. Like those tiny lights on your house and on your trees in this darkest season, we can surrender to the unknown because we trust in God's promise of light and light in Christmas into the new year. For we know that in the dark and still ending of Sabbath rest, we're restored and renewed for the dawn of a new day in God's mysterious grace, now and always, and unto the ages of ages. Amen.